Hey guys, it's Tats here from Castagra, and welcome to the Specified Growth Podcast. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and codings industry. Today's guest is Daniel DeCellios. He's a residential estimator at KRAM Industries and the host of Slabs to Shingles podcast. So, Daniel, Daniel, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Hi. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, I looked on your background and I noticed you started in the computer side. How did you go from Microsoft Windows to the actual Windows? Oh, uh, yeah. That was kind of a different journey than most people. So, I started. I actually was managing a, a mechanic shop for since I got out of high school. I started working there and I really wanted to get into IT. And I went to school for it, but I had to pay my way to do that. And the degree that I'd signed up for, by the time I was finished, because it took me about three years, because I basically was taking like two classes at night. By the time I finished, you know, they were already like two systems ahead and they, basically told me, hey, look, you're going to have to take these other classes in order for us to validate your <laughs> the program that you signed up for. So my eyes opened wide and, and it just kind of hit me that it just kind of seemed a little bit like a, we're looking for ways to keep making <laughs> making money. And from there on, I, I just decided, I, I was like, I got to find something else to apply some of the skills that I learned, which was selling customer service and doing that kind of thing working in the mechanic shop, I learned how to sell high-end projects and things like that. So when I got the opportunity to start at Ram Windows, oddly enough, the company that I'm currently with, they were willing to give me a chance to come in, entry-level inside sales rep, and basically showed me what windows are, how to measure, how to do all the, the different things. And, and that's kind of where, where it all started. <laughs> well, so for someone that's not in the, the window side of the business, what are the things that they do not know? What do they underestimate? What are the misconceptions? Well, I think there's two ways of going about it, right? There's a homeowner side, and then there's a contractor side. The homeowners have a whole different animal to deal with when they're dealing with windows, because they're coming in from a completely blank slate right? They're coming in to basically learn from the ground up and they have to go into a sales rep or a company that will basically educate them or give them a short burst of education and teach them what basically the beginnings of a window or window knowledge to allow them to make a decision. And I think the biggest things for people or for a homeowner that doesn't know anything about windows would be ask, what are the best materials to use in your windows? What's going to last the longest? What's the maintenance like? What, based on what exterior you have in your house, what is the best, the best type of window to use for that material? Because not all, you can't use every single type of window on, on every single type of exterior. And those are, for a homeowner, those are the best questions to ask and educate themselves. Any sales rep that's worth their waiting <laughs> should be able to help you and guide them in that with those questions and guide them to the right path. Yeah. As a manufacturer rep, how do you build that trust so that you can be that resource for them? 
I think the biggest thing is just letting the homeowners know or the, the customer at that point it does that you know what you're talking about when they're coming in, that you know what the basic information of a window. And then also knowing the basics for installing, how to tear a window out, how to put one in. Even if you don't necessarily do that yourself, but just having that background and knowing how it's done so that you can convey that information to the homeowners gives them a sense of calmness because they're not dealing with someone who is just as under-informed as they are. Not just pushing brochures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, to me, that's the, a lot of companies will start you off when you're coming in as a sales rep. They try to throw you into the wolves. And for me, for the sales reps that I've trained and the positions that I've had, I've been a a operations manager where I had to train the sales team and train even my superiors on windows and doors and things like that. To me, I always eliminate brochures from the equation. It's like, it's okay if you're reading the brochure to get that information, but always the information has to come from up here. Because if it's not up here, then you can't pass that on to someone else. If you're just kind of opening up a brochure and showing them what's written in there, a trained monkey can do that, right? Just show you a picture and tell you this is, <laughs> this is what you're looking for. But a good sales rep should be able to talk really smartly about a window and be able to make the homeowners feel at peace that, okay, this person knows what they're talking about, knows what this window, how it's going to work in my opening. And more importantly, the installers that they're using are also knowledgeable and they know how to do it as well. Now, you talked about installers or contract. How do you appeal to that group? So that's the other thing. So there's a lot of contractors and, and I don't know if where you, like your neck of the woods, <laughs> if it's like this, but here, especially in Houston, where, where I'm from in, in Texas, there's no rules. I could go and join a crew of installers and install windows for about a month and then call myself an installer and start my own company. And I'll start dropping up business cards at the neighborhood and they'll start calling me and I can say I'm a window installer. There's no real certification, no real anything. You don't have to prove anything here. And I know that's not the case everywhere, but particularly here, a lot of times you end up getting those customers that are coming in trying to buy windows and you're expecting them to know what they're talking about because they're obviously having to sell this to their clients. They're basically brokeraging the windows to the homeowners and they're the ones in the middle. But when you get those people, at least you can, again, it goes back to how much you know about installation. For them, it's not necessarily, hey, look, this is the best way it's going to look in the opening, or these are the color options. For them, it's more about the technical side. This is how you install it. These are the install holes. This one you'll install with a nailing fin, or you'll need these accessories in order to have the window look good. That usually ends up being the route that you end up taking when when you're dealing with contractors or installers. So you mentioned some, it's very easy where you are to start off and appear like you're doing. If you run into those businesses, I mean, do you weed them out? Do you have a training program? How, how do you think through that situation? Yeah, usually it ends up being, so just a little background on, on RAM windows. So we actually, 
we're a manufacturer, but then we also distribute for other different companies. So we distribute for some of the, the biggest companies in the U.S. for window suppliers. And we provide those windows to contractors, homeowners. I mean, really anyone, it's just based off tiers. So whenever we do get a contractor who obviously is not as well-trained as someone else, you do try to come in with providing them window knowledge. You can have them come in to the showroom and just do like a 30-minute training, allowing them information. We have a lot of like installation sheets in our website as well. So we provide that kind of information. Technically, they should know all this, right? But when they don't, we're also prepared to provide that for them. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that you manufacture as a company and then also distribute. How does that work in terms of channel conflict? Are they different products, different price categories? How does that sort of work, interact between those two? Usually, we tend to stay away from any, we don't distribute competitors, right? Anyone who's a direct competitor to us, we manufacture thermally broken aluminum. So I don't know if you're aware of what that, what that means, but it's basically just, it's a polymer that goes in between the aluminum frame that absorbs heat. So what that does, especially down here in the South, sorry, <laughs> the heat is usually the biggest thing we fight. And that thermal break absorbs heat. It gives you the performance of a vinyl window while still having the longevity of a metal window or a normal window. So there's not a lot of high-end manufacturers like that. There are a couple, and we actually partner with one of them because they manufacture doors that we do not manufacture. So basically, we lead on doors with, with their product, that, and they pair up really well with ours. But I think the biggest thing that why we decide to approach our business model this way is because we want to be able to be the one-stop place for every, from the low-end starting projects, you know, where it requires high-gen vinyl windows to million-dollar mansions. Then that way we can take care of every single one and anybody that comes in can be educated on windows, educated on doors, and whether their project is low-end or high-end, we can take care of all of them. Got it. It's the same decision makers. So you're basically trying to own the client relationship and making sure that they have that convenience of dealing with shops. So very cool. Now you went from sales and I think you mentioned it, building materials distribution company. Mm -hmm. How did that feel going from the manufacturer side, manufacturer distributor side to the pure distribution side? What did you learn there? Well, I tell you, that was really, it was a, really good learning experience. It was tough because the company that I went to runs things really lean. So basically they create a satellite company that basically they, they just send you the keys and say, run this branch. Everything is centralized off of the main, the main branch. And we only dealt with contractors. Homeowners were out of the question. So we were trying to deal with only people that knew what they were talking about, knew how to put in product, had a skill level at a certain place. And so dealing or going from selling to really anyone who, who, who showed you money to now only dealing with contractors, it, it gave me a little bit of a different view of things because now it exposed me to some of the people that, I mean, even to this day, I recommend some of the installers that I've met. And another thing that also... I think it elevated me as a sales rep, as a somebody who 
people want to come in because I learned about other brands that we didn't carry when I was at, at Rams. So I actually came back to Rams about a, four months ago now and kind of started or working on getting the replacement side of things started as well with Rams because that was one of the things that, that we were did at Ram was mostly new construction projects. We had one or two replacement jobs, but it wasn't that big a focus. And that was one of my goals that I'm still working on right now is getting that, that side of the business going as well. Yeah. Now having to be able to see the sales cycle of replacement mm-hmm. side compared to new construction, what have you noticed there? There Totally different animal with a new construction. Everybody comes in with a budget. It's usually what, like five or 10%, depending on on how big the house is and things like that. So they come in and they tell you, hey, look, this is my budget, or they'll have something in mind that they've researched. So whether it's a Marvin wood window or an aluminum window or something like that, they come in with that a little bit of of a head start on things. Whereas... On the replacement side, uh, homeowners are, they're completely blind, you know, when they're starting. I always think of the, my manager, very first manager, he's the one that taught me windows and doors. He always said this to homeowners. He said, windows are meant to look through. You're not meant to notice, you know, most of the time they're covered up with blinds or you have shades or there's something on them. The only time you'll ever notice windows is when they're failing or when they're broken and it's time to replace them. And I found that to be the exact truth because homeowners, I mean, they could have windows in their house for 50 years, as long as they don't have a problem, they don't care. Nobody notices them. They're always covered up, but break a piece of glass or do something like now they start going, Oh, well, yeah, these windows aren't very good. Are they? (laughs) And so homeowners, or the replacement side of things, you kind of have to start almost at the beginning where they don't even know where to go. Like usually the the thing that we get most of the time is I have really old aluminum or metal windows. What do you recommend? And so you have to start there at the beginning with them. Interesting. Now, I don't know the answer to this, but how do uh, warranties work in windows? That's a, they're rough to explain because they, they, you know, there's always limited lifetimes and lifetime warranties and all sorts. So we try to keep it simple, right? So most of the problems that come up with windows are going to come up within a year. So if you're buying a window within a year, if it doesn't happen within that first year, you're pretty home safe. And after that, it diminishes a lot. We try to keep it where we tell you, this is exactly for what the amount of time we're covering. It's very clear. It's, it's on our website. Every, everywhere that you go, we tell you it's 10 years, and that's the amount of time we cover it. We deal with a lot of people who get in-home sales reps and things like that. They're like, well, this company's offering lifetime. Whose lifetime? The window's lifetime, your lifetime, the contractor's lifetime, and then there's a certain amount of time, and I don't know the exact number of years, but they're only required, or manufacturing companies are only required to cover a certain percentage over the years. If you've ever bought a car battery, and after two years, if it fails, you end up getting the whole prorated. That's the big 
term that they like using, prorating. That's how they work. By, let's say, 50 years from now, if that window is still somehow up and still operating correctly, by that point, you're going to replace it. You're not going to actually call um, a tech out to go and fix something on a window. Even if you do, they're only required to cover about, let's say, 20% of, of whatever that costs, and then you're required to pay the remaining balance. And that's why they put all that jargon in there. Why does it take five pages to explain a, a window warranty? <laughs> you know, yeah. Because they have all these legal terms, loopholes, and they try to sway the homeowners into just stop, stop reading. <laughs> that's yeah. basically what it comes down to. So obviously, uh, simplification is something that you've done just deliberately in your organization mm -hmm. just to improve the experience. Is there other things that you noticed, whether it's related directly to the organization you're with or just in general, you notice where there's opportunities for improvement or ideas that could help make things run smoother? Yeah, one of the things uh, working for different companies, right? One of the things that I've noticed about RAM specifically, is that we try to make ourselves the one place where if we sell you something, we're not just selling you a product. We're not just providing you a window. We're not just giving you whatever it is that you came here for. We are actually marrying the customer for however long that project is going to take to go in. And then after it's put in, we don't let people just hang out to dry or, hey, look, I've already received my commission for this project. I'm done. <laughs> we actually want to continue being the source of help, whether it's our service department, which to me is one of the biggest requirements. I think if you're going to have a window company, you have to have a service department because the moment you don't, and I've worked in other companies that don't, you put it on the manufacturing companies you're going to end up scaring people away because any service or a small issue is going to take a manufacturing company and they do this deliberately where it takes them six to eight weeks to respond versus if an issue comes up, even if it's not my Ram window product, I will go out within a week to go out and service. And instead of a homeowner looking at this broken little clip, or broken screen or something like that, looking at it for eight weeks, just completely disgusted at the product, we go and take care of it quickly and then you're done. You don't have to worry about this homeowner being upset because homeowners now have more power than they've ever had before. All they do is go online, go to Google, type in the company and put in a bad review. And again, you know, the old adage of one customer will tell 10 people about bad service, <laughs> you know, and it's true. If something goes wrong, most of the time, they'll only tell their the people that they know if it went badly. Every once in a while, you do get the good ones, but most of the time, they only review you if it's bad. <laughs> so you talked about online reviews. Uh, segue to online strategy. You started a podcast. What was your uh, thought behind that? <laughs> yeah, to me, that was one of the the things is when when people come in to the showroom, and I started going through the whole spiel of teaching them about windows, showing them the different type of window types, 
the different manufacturers. I started getting the same questions over and over. And I started thinking, I have a computer. I have, <laughs> I can get a microphone. It's not now with Amazon, you can order something and it comes in within two days. <laughs> and so I thought maybe I should look for something, see if it's, if it's out there. I looked, I couldn't find anything that address homeowners directly about whether it's the window industry, the siding or roofing or any of these different things. And I kept thinking, well, look, I've had a, my roof had a couple of issues and I don't know anything about that. And I called one of my friends and got on the phone with him and had him explain stuff to me. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, now I feel like when a roofer comes in, I'll be able to at least know if they're just kind of making stuff up. And I felt like homeowners are in the same boat when they're having to deal with something that they don't know anything about. They're basically just relying on somebody who it's paid to tell them about it. And if that person is not a good person or I don't, that sounds too bad, but, but if they're just kind of out to serve themselves and not necessarily looking out for the customers, it can lead them in a, in a totally different direction in a bad direction or just put something in because it makes them money. And I'd never liked that. So when I created the podcast, it was to be able to provide that information to homeowners. Look, these are the basics of windows. These are the basic things to know about doors. These are the basic things to know about siding. And then I posted a couple of episodes where I interviewed a friend of mine that was working for, is working for a company that provides adhesives for new construction. And then I've got an interview lined up for one of my old inside sales rep who went to work for a synthetic grass company. So just different aspects of the building industry, whether it's basically, again, like the title says, slaps to shingles. <laughs> Be able to provide that knowledge to a homeowner just seemed like something that needed to be out there. And if one person learns from it, it's a win for me. Wonderful. Seems like a worthy goal. Now, speaking of goals, what is a goal that you're really excited about, but you have not quite accomplished it yet? Ooh, that's a good question. So I, I think one of the goals that I set for myself when I came back to RAM is that I saw all the tools that RAM has at its disposal with good management, the ability to, to have more sales reps available and trained up, and then also have a really, really good and tenured service department was just something that I saw and I really wanted to get to the company and apply it and basically help the company grow in that way. And that's something that I'm working on right now. It's going to take a little while, especially with the way lead times are. You know, before I could turn around a job in two weeks and have it done in, in about three to four weeks. And now you can't get a window in less than about 11 to 12 weeks. So that's been a challenge, but working through that I'm hoping to to really grow the replacement side of things with Graham and and then on on a more personal side of things again just kind of continue growing my podcast and putting in more episodes have more kind of have a bigger impact on on decision making for homeowners. Wonderful. Well, Daniel, thank you for sharing your story. Oh, you you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Specified Growth Podcast today. 
I also want to thank the listeners who are working hard each day to change the world to make it a better place. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats Talks for video of today's podcast. Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes, entrepreneurial tips, and more. See you over there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.